Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. now for The Drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull here. On a Wednesday, uh, we've thoroughly enjoyed Jeff hopping on with us yesterday, Jeff, uh, Jeff Walls, uh, and uh, Chopping Wood while talking to us about the egregious call uh, in the Syracuse game. My mentions were polluted by a handful of Syracuse fans yesterday, reflexively defending that call. That's what they're, that's what they're doing. Despite it being dumb and wrong. Uh, and uh, as Bob would say, it was a great example of letting sports make you dumb. Just because your team benefited from a stupid call, you don't have to go out and defend it. And yet, some of them did. Well, Jeff Walls had his uh, pre-important uh, game of media availability and showed up with what I would call vindication. I don't know what else uh, to call it than that. Uh, a clarification of the rules sent by John M. Levinson. Women's Basketball Secretary Rules Editor. What a job for John Levinson. This was released today. I'm not going to read the entire thing, but they're basically you go Why not? the elements of, a, of, an, of an intentional <laughs> yeah. foul worthy of a technical and not. But here's the important part, uh, the paragraph in it uh, that showed up one day too late. Technically speaking, it says... Most Rule 10 to 10.5, uh, so that's the section of the rules covering intentional fouls, could be considered intentional fouls because they do not involve a legitimate attempt to make a play on the ball. That's an element of an intentional foul, is not really making an, uh, a play on the ball. But it doesn't. that doesn't make it an intentional foul by itself. So here's what it says. This is not the intent of the rule. When a player commits a Rule 10 to 10-5 uh, foul in an attempt to tactically foul, and the only quote-unquote violation of the intentional foul rule is that this is not a legitimate attempt to make a direct play on the ball, it shall be ruled a personal foul. However, when a Rule 10 to 10-5 uh, foul is designed to negate an opponent's obvious advantage position or is excessive, hard, and or unnecessary, it has become an intentional foul. Jeff Walls was right that referee is ridiculous jeff got fined because of him talking about it in public which is apparently a bigger no-no than freaking ruining the end of a game right as the it's like it's like the judge getting the law wrong that's what happened in this game so jeff's gonna pay his fine for saying it 
he was right. And anyone who ran out there and tried to defend it, which there was almost nobody, stop. You were wrong. Shut up. Every defense of it was from Syracuse fans and media. And God help me if I ever get in that situation. <laughs> There's an intentional foul the other way. I promise you, I have acknowledged in the past when we have benefited from bad officiating. Because believe it or not, it's happened. We have. Usually we're on the other end of it, but we have. That's how. That's because women's uh, basketball officiating has got awful and it has been for decades. I should know. I've been watching this team for 27 years. It hasn't gotten better. In fact, it's gotten worse, I think. Um, that was one of the most preposterous calls I've ever seen in my life. And the Syracuse arguments, well, she got past her and she was trying to slow her down. No, Olivia was clearly trying to foul her like a normal end-of-the-game situation. And she started to drive right when she fouled her. And there was like a slight jersey tug. That happens all the time. Happens all the time. She wanted to make sure she got the foul called. You know, it wasn't it was it didn't it didn't qualify in any way, shape, or form clearly based on the rules clarification they sent Jeff Walls, which is hilarious that they sent him something that completely one hundred percent vindicated his position. And he knew he was gonna get the fine. He knew it, but it's yeah. worth it. It's worth it in this situation to defend your players, to defend the end of the game. Well also he acknowledged all the things that went wrong that Louisville caused. I acknowledged those things on the radio the last couple of days. We made our fair share of mistakes. We coughed that game away. We got blocked at the rim 12 times. Um, gave up a 13-3 to run when we were up by 9 late in the game. All those things are true. But we still played well enough to win the game. Yeah. Or at least to have a real chance to win that game and have Syracuse have an extremely hard situation to to get the, top, the the winning bucket, essentially. Because we had two fouls to give. They would have had to reset their offense twice and run a little bit of clock each time. They would have had probably less than a second to get a shot off to win that game. That's a lot different than being given two shots in the ball with 2.3 seconds left. That just stole the game outright. Right. The, the, the attempts by uh, some to say, well, hey, it's a 40-minute game and all that stuff, like that's all true. But they, the, the moments happen in order. You don't just total them up. Yeah. Each one's informed by the ones before it. And Louisville got to five seconds in this game up by one and had played good enough defense that they could foul on purpose to, to spend time. And you took it away from them for that. Yeah. You took that ability away from them. 100%. 81.50, That's the number if you'd like to get in here. It's really funny. Um there was there was one herb, herb that uh, I think he's a Syracuse media guy that that was grouping that foul call together with the fact that Louisville had twelve more free throws and how come we don't ever address that every time we talk about the game it's like dude that happens every single game somebody shoots more free throws than the other one there was a one foul discrepancy against the two teams between the two teams I mean it just it happens that way. But it's these big moments and these just absolute failures. Like the only way you can explain calling that call is if the official is inserting themselves into the game. You have to be waiting to make that call. Because you're not looking for it in that situation. You should never be looking for it in that situation. Because if you've refereed thousands of games in your life like she has, 
Carla Fountain, you know that teams are looking to foul in that situation. You should have situational awareness as well. And you've seen that foul a million times. We saw it three times at the end of the Notre Dame-Louisville game as Notre Dame was challenging us to, yeah. to, to make our free throws as they were uh, kind of eroding our lead late in that game. You know what Louisville's trying to do. And yet you still you had to be looking for the chance to make that call. And I still don't understand why her, her two colleagues didn't talk her out of it. Have a little have a little uh Yeah meeting of the minds and be like, Look, Carla, are you sure? Because from where I was standing it looked like a regular like foul at the end of a game. <laughs> I mean, this is that was there was nothing intentional, not by the letter of the law, not by the spirit of the law. This should not be an intentional foul. What did you see that we didn't see? And, and I just don't. I, it, it was wild. We've learned, like, somebody like me who's passionate about the women's game, um, you've learned after a while that you can't harp on these things because they happen far too often. Every single game you could do, and that's why Christy and I have that. When we do post-game shows, we have, a you know, our policy where we're going to do it for like a minute or two. If you want to say something about the referees, that's fine. Get it off your chest. We can't have it be the whole show because that's exactly what will happen. There's too much stuff that happens between those lines um, that we can actually control, you know, that we need to talk about. And I think Jeff has done a really good job being disciplined this year, not harping on the referees and really harping on the things that he can control or the team can control in post-games, but he really let it go in that situation. That's what he was saving up for, and frankly, I don't blame him at all. Yeah, for me, like I, I agree. I, I don't like when you just uh, sweep away uh, games because of the referees, when there obviously there are other things that matter yeah. there. And, and look, should Louisville have played better in previous moments uh, so that they wouldn't have been in this? Sure, but they were still ahead. Syracuse shot free throws. They got attempts at points. They never should have had. Yeah. At the when without Louisville having any opportunity to respond, Louisville didn't do anything, and Syracuse got to shoot uncontested shots that put them ahead that they didn't deserve. And my big like the number one thing I want, and I, I'm, I heard uh, Dina, uh, Jared was on this morning, and Dina was like, Jared, I think you got that call because he's a man. And. And I, I think that we all have this suspicion that Jeff is not liked and gets refereed in a way that's kind of unique to Jeff. Uh, and, and I don't know what to do about that. And so what I would love is to see, has Carla ever done this one time in her career before this? One, uh, because if she hasn't, how do I not take that personally for sure? Jeff? How do I, how do I see that as anything other than you had, this was your moment to make a point. I promise you, I, at some point I will take time just to even look at the last couple of late game situations and what those fouls looked like in her games in similar analogous situations and see what she did then, you know, and I don't like to make the jump to having anything to do with, with gender or whatever, but Jeff certainly seems to get refereed a different way by, by certain officials. Um, but you know, and we all know, look, some some coaches get away with murder on the sideline. I mean, Kim Mulkey has for years, for years. And I don't think it has anything to do with her being a woman. It's just who she is. You know, she just gets away with murder. And, and some coaches uh, get away with it. Some coaches don't. I mean, Mulkey has 
spent 20 years ripping her jacket off and, and getting on the court and screaming and yelling bloody murder. I mean, we all see her virtuoso performance against Louisville <laughs> when we and beat she Brittany does that Griner. all the time. She does that's not a one-off. It's an always thing. But I don't like to make the jump to, to the, like, it's because he's a man, but whatever. They're not all Muffet McGraw out there. <laughs> Let's get uh, Paul in here next. Paul, welcome into the drive on 9th and What's up, bud? Hey, I wasn't going to call in today, but you all opened this can of worms again, and I've, I've had some thoughts while I was listening to the conversation yesterday about refereeing because uh, I think we kind of agree that the men's refs are slightly better than what's in the women's game, right? Yeah. Yes. So why don't we just eliminate that and put all the refs into the same pool? They get paid the same amount of money. Are, and so you'll get and you get to choose from put the best refs with the with the game you know if they if you're not uh if you're scoring low on you know and, and rate these refs I, I think everybody gets rated at their job so I, I hope there's some type of rating system with the conference that they rate the rate the refs and try to put the better refs on the on the games that that require the higher profile games so make it all one pool pay pay them all the same so that you know when you get good they'll leave the women's game and go to the men's game because they make more so let's just take that paper away and make it all one pool of referees for all games in the conference and all basketball games throughout the ncaa because you know even in the in the tournament, we've seen some very poor officiating uh, and have been, you know, Final Four uh, games lost because of poor officiating. So it's not just in conference. It's throughout all of women's uh, NCAA basketball. And I, I don't know if this might help fix that. Appreciate uh, the call there, Paul. Uh, thank you. Uh I, here, I think the reason that you don't see that uh, is because they they play under different rules, slightly different. Yeah, yeah. You, you have a couple of places where the emphases are different uh, in the structure of games with quarters versus half. The arc under the basket, no different things like that. The amount of fouls before you have a there is no one and one. You know, go straight into the double bonus in the women's yeah, game. That stuff like that. Like I think you just. I don't think pay is the thing. I, I think it's, it's pay's getting better. The like, rules are different, and I think what you want is your officials to not have to be like a men's games, women's games, you know, like that stuff. Yeah. You want the rules to sort of be second nature, and them to be in, enforcing one set all the time. Yeah, that's that's the the rules difference is the big reason. The pay gap is getting better. There's still a handful of con- there's a handful of conferences that pay equally, and there's far more that are trying to get closer and closer. They're attempting to get that way. I don't see why they don't just do it in every conference so that's not a talking point anymore uh it's a drop in the bucket especially for the power five conferences that have the money um but the pay discrepancy that that gap is narrowing year to year um another complication is that referees are hired by conferences they're independent contractors that work for conferences some of them work for multiple conferences during a year but that's how it is i mean they're and they are graded by the conferences, I'm 99% sure. Um, and that's why the highest-graded officials end up working the ACC tournament and right. beyond that, the NCAA tournament and things like that. Uh, I mean, high school officials get graded, not super 
tightly, you know, and, and I'm sure they don't, they can't afford to get rid of many officials when they're always, they're always recruiting, but I know somebody who grades high school officials. So, or at least gives them pointers. Um, so all those, like, like they, I just don't know what real accountability they have. You know, I don't know what it looks like because it doesn't seem like there's any. Uh, and I don't know what the answer is. Like pay discrepancy is getting better. That's probably a factor. It's one that I've highlighted in the past that I thought that the best officials probably migrate to the men's game because the pay is better, but they're, they're working on that. Um, but beyond that, I just I don't know. I don't know why women's <laughs> officiating is so bad. It just seems like the lack of consistency is alarming where it's every single game, if they decide to let them play in the first half, they're going to clamp down in the third quarter without explanation or warning. So how do you know how to, how to, how to play a game if it's being officiated two different ways? And it's almost every single game where they'll just flip a switch like, all right, we need to start calling everything. Yeah, I think when you say inconsistency as an as issue with referees, it's not so much like from – from game to game or crew to crew even, it's within a game. That's what I'm saying, inside Absolutely. one game. Yeah. Uh, because I think for me, refs are human. Sure. Breaking. <laughs> refs are human. For now. <laughs> well, we're working on it, but re- <laughs> currently refs are human. And so there is an interpretive element to the game. And so the out- the the outcomes are going to be different. You're going to get different styles of interpretation of some things, but even that I should be able to, it shouldn't take me long to figure out and predict and adjust accordingly to your consistent application of your style. Right. But it's when you pull one out of your ass and you you make a call no one's ever made before, much less one that you've never made before. And it's different from the one you made in the second quarter. No one can play that. No, no one can do that. And they don't, most of them never do that. But the ones that do stick out and they ruin everything for everybody else. Yep. Speaking yep. of all of this, by the way, uh, the other thing approved at the ACC, still waiting for NCAA approval, uh, but there will be no ACC version of Connor Stallions if the ACC gets its way. Uh, they are the first uh, to approve uh, as a conference for uh, helmet uh, radio uh, technology there. Uh, and so the, the we will see the inglorious end of gesticulating coaches and players and backup quarterbacks on the sideline and hilarious signs uh, on them and trying to figure out what each little mascot logo or whatever on the sign means and all that sort of thing. Uh, we are at the end of the sign-stealing era of college football. As soon as the NCAA approves it, we will not have it. Uh, we will have the just like the NFL does, where you don't see guys signaling plays in anymore. Yeah, which was one of the things we talked about when this thing broke is that why don't they just do helmet communication like every other league and figure it out like going forward, the NCAA, like to do like the NFL. I realize that it costs a little bit of money, but in the grand scheme of things, how much does it really cost if you're spending millions and millions of dollars to run a Power 5 conference football team? You could probably afford to put a little you know, transmitter in the helmet. Everything will be okay. Uh, and that really eliminates everything. And now Connor Stallion says to go back to, uh, I don't know, selling waterbeds or whatever. Was it at washing machines? <laughs> Isn't that what it was? Remember, wasn't there like a bunch of like, he would buy broken ones and fix them, fix them quote unquote yeah. fix them and sell them, and a lot of them weren't fixed at all? 
I mean, was that no, what it was? I think it was fans. Or was it fans? And now that fans? you mentioned, I think it was like fans. He was, it was like, yeah, he didn't fix the job at all. He's like, yeah, hey, here's your fan back. He was dealing broken fans. He wasn't. <laughs> what, a thing to, what a thing to be accused of. Like, he's dealing in broken fans again. <laughs> but look, this is good. This is uh, one more way to avoid sort of uh, the football espionage. Uh, it, it's ridiculous that it's taken this long. But I will miss the old six guys on the sideline in unison putting up the signs that have SpongeBob and uh, plates right. of spaghetti and Norm uh, from Cheers. Napoleon on it and yeah. God knows whatever else and trying to figure out what any of them mean. I'll miss that and I'll miss the random purple shirted, you know, he's an indicator too, like the purple shirted coach. Oh, you sure, know? right. Usually like the defensive calls or something's coming from the purple shirted coach because the middle linebacker is probably going to have a transfer too like the NFL. Um, so we'll lose that or the green shirted coach, whoever. And we'll lose the big, like, what's the, probably been about 15 years run run for those, don't you think? They came around around, like, the mid-2000s to late 2000s. They came along right with uh, the uh, the super fast offenses. Yeah. Yeah, because they they came, they came became a shorthand. Yeah. You know, that's what those, that's really where those came from. And then defenses sort of started doing it, too. All the tempo offenses. Yeah. Yeah. It just became a way of making play calls faster. You know, they became a, a shorthand. I remember when they first popped up. And you're just like, what? You know who's sad about this? What's going on over here? Dabo. You think? Sign-stealing bastard. We know this. He is a sign Everybody knows this. He is. Brent Venables. That, he? Maybe this is when he just leaves the ACC. I'm going somewhere else, you know. We're more enlightened crowd. You know? go back in time where they still got signs. That's right. <laughs> uh, the only other thing I wanted to mention, there is some discussion, Dave, uh, about the college game adding the two-minute warning yeah. uh, for broadcasts. Uh, you know, I think people forgot very quickly that they changed the clock rules last year. Yeah. Uh, it didn't really seem to make a big, big difference. Uh, I, you know, I forgot. There was a lot of panic and, and whatnot. The, the clock running more, there'd be less plays. It really didn't play less out exciting that exciting offenses, you know, and it didn't – everybody adjusts. It really didn't affect scoring that much. You know, the truth is I don't really understand the point of the two-minute warning. Like, I don't, I don't know exactly what it is that they're going for with it. But the explanation that I did uh, read that if you're worried that we're just adding four more minutes on here, it knowing that it is there, it does decrease the likelihood of the timeout, touchdown, extra point timeout again, knowing that that two-minute warning timeout is over there, that we will get fewer of those. Yeah. Uh, and so strategically, you know, giving both teams basically a free timeout, it doesn't ruin the NFL game by any means, uh, and it doesn't make them excessively long because they keep them games tight in those windows too. Uh, so for me, if it avoids if – if you do that and it avoids one or two of the commercial – extra point commercial thing that drives us all crazy. Yeah. I think I'd be okay with it. No, I'm good with it. It doesn't really bother me. I did remember, as we were talking about this, I believe it was the Virginia game this year where they were going to commercial and the red hat guy, you know, we're familiar with the red hat guy who comes oh, yeah. out with the, the looks like the yard marker that has a clock on it yep. that lets everybody know how long they, until they're back from commercial. He kind of half-assed it getting out there. And so the referees weren't sure they were going to commercial. And they were kind of lining everybody up. And then he kind of came running out there like, no, no, guys, we're at commercial, we're at commercial. You got one job to do. And the referee, I've never seen it. 
the head referee lit his ass up. I've never seen any, like, like Bobby Petrino screaming at the referee. It was the head referee yelling at the red hat guy. And I was like, go, keep going. <laughs> Nobody likes that guy. It's not his fault, but we don't like him. And the head referee just, I mean, like, hammering him. Yeah, like a, like a, a, a manager running out to, to scream at the umpire after a, a ball four or something. Like, I mean, furious. And it was hilarious. And you just don't ever see that between no. officiating crews. Right. How do you mess yep. that up? But he's, he's the literal, like, redheaded stepchild of the group. <laughs> It's like nobody likes that guy. With his he's special yeah, he's red not hat. a referee. Yeah, but he's wearing the ref clothes. He probably gets paid similar not to what the chains wearing. crew. <laughs> yeah, but he's got one stick with a clock on it. He has one job. Didn't do it. Gonna crush that guy. Gonna crush you that poser. Head. You get at literally me. have one job to do. It's not even like it's not like a joke. You have one job to do. No, you literally have one job to do. Get out there in a timely fashion. Whenever there's a TV, make timeout. it clear where I have TV timeout yeah. and let us know how much is left. That's right. By standing there. By standing there. This is why Mark hates kickers. <laughs> I don't understand. I'm sorry. Well, you have one job to do, and you, <laughs> no, that's what it, oh, I hate. Everyone with one a with single one job. job. <laughs> that's why Mark once punched a crossing guard. I'm against assembly lines, right? <laughs> People just do one thing. All you know, get out of here. Henry Ford, worst Mix person ever. Show me some diversity. Here. Get that's out of here. Right. Everybody should do this every is job. Boring. <laughs> Let's get Rocco in here. Rocco, thanks for waiting. Welcome into the drive on I tend to What's up? Hey, guys, it, I, I'm excited, too, about the ACC uh, radio helmets, but I got to thinking more and more college teams don't huddle, and so those signs are really for all 11 players. Mm-hmm. So is that going to really, like, if the if the quarterback can hear it, he still has to figure out a way to communicate with the other 10 guys if they're not huddling. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. You, you know what I mean? So I yeah. don't know if we'll – we might – still be seeing spongebob to some extent even <laughs> even in this year because i think that's going to be an adjustment i think it would be cool if all 11 guys had a radio and only the quarterback could talk as well as listen that would be cool now that's look maybe a little too much but still ncaa is making billions throw a couple million into the helmets and uh that would take care of that and then another little nugget i got a prediction Billy Donovan be coaching for Louisville next year. You heard it here first. And only. Yeah, thank you, Rocco. I (laughs) appreciate that, buddy. Listen, let me just say, uh, for me, Billy Donovan is the ultimate. I think he is a spectacular coach. I think he's one of the best people in in sports, which is saying something. He's one of the few people where I would say he might actually be a better person than a coach. And he, I think he's second to none as a coach. If that were to happen, and God bless you, Rocco, it's not. But if it were to happen, we're one, back. you can come yeah. do the show with us. That's right. <laughs> okay, better, I'm yeah. going on the record here, Rocco. If Louisville hires Billy Donovan, you are going to be co-host for a day. Uh, and you're going to spend three hours telling me to kiss your ass. That's, that's right. cool. That's fine. I I will take that. Every couple minutes to say, hey, Mark, you remember when you told me that uh, mm-hmm. Billy Donovan. Got anything else you want to tell me isn't going to happen? Yeah. Yeah, you want to you go ahead All and tell me what else is going to happen? Yeah. Yes. Lay it on me. I need to save uh, this audio and just keep playing it every Please do. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Every time yeah. we come back from break. If I object to anything, you <laughs> here it comes again. <laughs> you said this. But there's nothing I wouldn't give for that. Like he's I he's on a different plane than it's a any of cow. these cow. Well, Billy Donovan yes. and Jay Wright are the two that are because yeah. he Jay Wright has a similar resume and a similar reputation. 
you know, as a person. And those are the two that are sacred cows that you just, it ain't happening. I don't want to tell myself it's ever going to happen. I'd rather just be surprised if it ever happened, <laughs> you know what I mean, <laughs> than to talk about them as if it's going to happen because I don't have any information that it would. Uh, I don't think Billy Donovan's leaving the NBA, and I don't think Jay Wright is leaving retirement. I don't think Billy Donovan's leaving the NBA, and I don't think Billy Donovan's ever signing up for college that is now worse than it was when he fled. Sure. More complicated, for sure. More and demanding. Much higher expectations at Louisville than he had at Florida, even. He won two national titles, and they still couldn't sell out that building. Because it's just, it's always second best down there. Let's go ahead and take our last break here, and we will uh, we will come back. We will put a bow on this one on the drive on Night Time the Bow. Be right back. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash careanywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. to the drive presented by fitness market right here on 93.9 the now here's mark ennis and biggest biscuit also known as dave skull Welcome back into the drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark ennis dave skull phone lines remain open many of you texted in and reminded us uh or corrected us or filled us in that it was vacuums the opposite of fans <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. I was wrong. There, we were guys. close. <laughs> well, hey, Spencer, you know, you were it was every other in the place. neighborhood. We're pushing air's air. moving. We're pushing air in some air's direction. Moving. I got the direction wrong, but air <laughs> it's, it's uh, circulating. <laughs> That's funny. We all just were like, it was some kind of appliance. It was in that neighborhood, like you said. It was something. So... <laughs> I see, I didn't think vacuums because I was afraid that I was I was conflating it with uh, Breaking Bad. Remember the guy that makes people disappear yeah. was the vacuum guy. Remember yeah. that? So I didn't. I just that that's not what I thought it was. One of my favorite things about Bardstown Road, Baxter Avenue, is that there's still and I don't know if they're still open or not. There's still like four vacuum shops. Yeah. It's like how do you have a whole business is built on vacuums? There's that much demand. Yeah, it's 2024. I thought like Roombas were. <laughs> how many how many businesses do you? Look at and you're like, that's probably a front. 
a lot of them. The one across like, the street from us? Like four. Yeah, yes, that's exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, for years, I never saw anybody in a Moby Dick. All right. I thought, <laughs> I thought it was some kind of a front. <laughs> the vacuum repair. I mean, because I think about The Wire. Remember in The Wire, like he fixes toasters and clocks? Remember yeah. That? And that's yeah. just. Prop Joe. Yeah, Prop yeah. Joe's just cleaning their drug money, of course. Yeah. And you think, like, man, there's enough demand for whatever that is over there. Like, you name it. People do people get stuff repaired anymore? I mean, I don't know. I'm being like hyperbolic, just, obviously. Sure, some some things, but like little appliances and stuff. I understand what you're saying. Like a toaster, I can go most places and get a toaster for like twenty bucks. Might not be a great toaster. Maybe you get the nice toasters fixed. Is that what it is? Probably. Like a toaster oven. Maybe or like just like a really nice toaster. Like there's you can spend. I bet you can spend two hundred dollars on a toaster. Oh, you think so? If you wanted to, what kinds of uh, like a options? Black and Decker like eight slice thing that you can do say, all these other things? What does it do? Lot. Right? Yeah, it's got to do a lot of stuff. Just give me one that'll cut the crust off for my kid. Right. That's right. all I'm looking for. Can we do that? As opposed to the toasters that I get that are like fifteen, twenty bucks that I saw at uh, at, at like about, Dillard's or TJ Maxx. You want toast? How about we put all the toast on one side? How about we burn one side, the other side raw? There you go. Home goods. That's where we're getting our toaster. You know what I mean? Walmart. That's my speed. Yeah, so what? What is the Walmart brand to get? Uh, Hamilton Beach. Hamilton Beach. <laughs> is Walmart own them? I, I think that's like the, their their brand, or it's at know. least like one of the cheap. Brands, one of the ones that they, sure. yeah, I've I've definitely owned a Hamilton Beach toaster in my life. Probably do right now. I don't even know what. How about that? I don't even know what brand my toaster is. Because it doesn't matter. I was going to say matter. I'd be more concerned if you did know the brand of your toaster. <laughs> it's kind of like um, it's like what refrigerator do you have? LG. Like <laughs> cool fridges, you're probably more likely to know the brand of your fridge or like your TV, you know, because you look at it every day. But toaster, I don't know the brand of the current toaster. Yeah, we have. but like you can own, you could, you could buy like a Cadillac of toasters, just like you can buy a Cadillac of blenders, or you can go get a twenty dollar blender from, you know. I have a DJ hand Max. mixer, Black and Decker. Oh yeah, and it's like, like tool time. It's the my mom laughs every time she comes up here and I use it because she's like that's the most absurdly like aggressive mixer I've ever seen. <laughs> like it's why and it is like one like you know level one. Yeah, it, blinding. <laughs> it's crazy. Get it in there with the wrong consistency. It's just oh, throwing it's everywhere. stuff everywhere. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You can't just ease into it like you need to. You yeah. know. When my mom visits. She is laughs. That what she said. I'm not even sure. <laughs> she might. Have. She might have. Speaking of like. Um, how things used to be or like brands jobs that aren't around anymore i was watching i was in the dentist chair earlier today and they had old prices right on and this guy got called up and they asked him what his job was and it was square dance caller but what but he was he called square dances you know and to the left and you know do see do and all that like that was his Are job those? okay so I'm, I'm about to make an ass of myself here it's okay. That's what this is for. It's a safe space, sort of. That dude, <laughs> that the person doing that, it's it's a safe space. Thousands of people are listening. It's not Here a we safe go. space. No, right, exactly. I'm goading you into saying whatever you're about to say. Well, it's fine. I'm about to admit. I don't know what it is about floor. We we didn't do any of that. The like you know how the square dancing or any of that crap that you do in school for whatever oh, I did reason. It. We yeah. did not. So, are you trying to tell me that that dude, the swing your partner around and around stuff? Those are instructions? Yes. Yeah. I, I had no idea. Square dancing, there's like a bunch of different 
Like do si do is an actual. I don't know these things. It's a. You know, I don't know what that means, but I'm, I leave it. <laughs> like for, interlocked for arms me, and go in a circle and stuff. Dosi like, dos are cookies. Cookies. Yeah, well, <laughs> trust me, that's what they are for me too. You know me. Uh, so yeah. he says whatever, and they do it. And actually, yeah, that's what I had you, no that's idea. what you learn when when I was a kid. They had the square dance. People come to our school, uh, and it was when I was at. So is it like Simon on, says, um, like, army base. Like, just like yeah, they teach you the the moves, and then they'll 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 put on some of the the fiddle music, and you're gonna get the square dance collar on there, and you know, and swing your partner around and around. And I thought that's just what they were doing. No, that's well, yeah, he's telling you what to do, and you do it. I just felt like that was a job that someone would do like part time on the weekend for like some extra side hustle. That's money. what I'm saying. Like it's like, like an saying, auctioneer or well, auctioneer. There's auctions every day. An auctioneer is a real job. Oh, I know it's a skill. I'm just saying, like, but like that's one you can probably make a living at doing. Oh, sure, those, all the time. There are people who are good at it, right? Yeah, right. But square dance caller is like a bingo caller to me. You oh. know, like somebody calling bingo a couple nights okay. a week, maybe for a little bit of money at the, you know, at the VFW. Maybe. Or the community center. Square dance caller is like a profession? Like, we used to be a proper country, I guess. Like, where you could make enough money to get a house and a car? Just calling square dances on the weekends? And during the week at elementary schools? I feel ridiculous <laughs> for not knowing that, like, he was... He was actually giving you instructions? Yeah, I just yeah. thought he was sort of... Part of the just scatting, I, yeah. He's <laughs> freestyling just out there. Freestyling? I don't know. Just saying words. I had no idea. Or really, just syllables? Like no, because no and just looks the same. It's not like people are like kind of like oh, and then like go into the move. I no, they're they just, just really smooth about I, it. Okay, you know. I guess that's what it is. Yeah, they're too good. So this is what he said. That and then Bob Barker had him do some calling, and the the audience was really into it. <laughs> I had no hey, idea. Clapping along and oh yeah. I'm sorry. I, I hope people don't think less of me for that. I had no idea that they were like it was like call and response. I had no idea. But the response is the dance. Is dancing. I get it. I had no idea. I had absolutely no idea. Mark lived in the Footloose town. That's it. That's, That's right. right. I lived in Florida. Nothing's illegal in Florida. Are you kidding? Me? <laughs> I'm surprised that in Florida you didn't get scored. I was in New York at a DOD school, and we got the and maybe DOD was just better about it. i feel like i had square dancing every year texas says biscuit seems like a roller rink dj kind of fella that's yeah i'd be into that you would or like a strip club dj sure anything with same thing same thing yeah anything with the uh, the energy required you're into that that's right, right. buy one get one drink and the front studio cinnamon the main stage <laughs> jeff welcome into the dry buddy what's up hey how's it going uh, my, my grandma is now rolling over in her grave for y'all not being hip to the uh, square dance. I'm call. sorry. Hey, I was. It's me. It's just me. <laughs> Jeff, Don't hold that Jeff, against me. Jeff, uh, your grandma uh, would I'm love me. I, I... <laughs> yeah. Save uh, that. My uh, the point I wanted to make is I'm not a gambler, but I'm going to make a bet with you and Biscuit. But I don't want anything for being right. Best but, kind of bet right here. I'll take that. Yeah, uh, KP. Is going to get a third year, and if I'm wrong, uh, I, I live uh, two hours and twenty minutes from Louisville. If I'm wrong, lunch is on me for you and Biscuit at Twin Peaks. We'll drown in bacon or schedule yeah. don't match. I will mail you gift cards, but I don't want anything if I'm right. But it would be worth it to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, so just to be clear here, are you are you hedging? Is that what's happening? 
Yes. Okay, that's fair. Hey, listen, it, it doesn't. It's not like a wish, Jeff. Thank you for the call, buddy. I appreciate it. It's not like a wish where it's like if you tell people you're hedging, it doesn't work, right? Like you can't tell people what you wish for. Uh, it's not like that. I love that because first of all, I'm either going to get what I think is the right thing to do or some bacon. Really, really good bacon. Amazing bacon. So I appreciate the offer there. Uh, and I appreciate that, that we've reached the place, uh, Spencer, where the idea of him coming back is like, I'm going to emotionally hedge against that. I mean, I'll take some free bacon if a caller's like, hey, we'll give you some food here. I'll, I'll, I'll pimp out for that, I guess. It, look, I understand. Uh, it's very funny uh, to hear people talk about this in a, as if they're afraid of it. And that's what I think is funny uh, because I think early on this season, a lot of the discussion about like what, what sort of the expectations um, for, for there to be a year three for Kenny at the beginning of the season. And it was, I could tell that like a lot of the discomfort about the conversation was like, I'm afraid that the standard is going to be too low uh, and that, that people are going to just declare themselves kind of happy with the, with a, a result that's not nearly as good enough as I want it to be. Uh, and now, though, at the end, I think it's people who are like, I'm afraid that he's going to do too many good things at the very end, which is what I think the last 10 days or so have been like, uh, that he's going to he's going to pile up a bunch of uh, sort of good stuff by comparison and that that will be enough uh, to bring him back. And then they lose this game last night. And I just really feel like to me, I think he just couldn't lose last night and yeah. us really seriously have any more of these conversations. Yeah, no preseason, I thought that there was, you know, a chance if it was like you know, hovering around 500 all year long that it's like, okay, you made sustainable progress. We see it moving in the right direction and that you have, you built a case to stay along. But, you know, once you lose to DePaul, once you lose to Arkansas State, like that's null and void now. Like he's doing, you know, he has the job, so he's still doing his job. And again, you got to do it until you get fired. But yeah, like you said, last night we saw this team, you know, you had a lead. And then as Ethan Moore says time and time again, you came from ahead to lose, and you just can't do that. This game where you're up double digits at some point, and it's a pretty bottom-of-the-barrel Boston College team this year. Unacceptable at all. Yeah, you, they needed to win that game. He needed to over – that's really, I think, the thing that is it's, – it's difficult for, I think, at least a small group of people to grasp here. It's like they're, at some point it needs to just – it needs to go beyond they're not failing to they're achieving things, overachieving things, some overcorrection. Uh, a loss like, like last night to Boston College would never be acceptable ever uh, in, in sort of a regular year-in, year-out basis at Louisville. Why anyone should, should dismiss it as unimportant now kind of blows my mind. Yeah, no, I mean, I've mentioned before, like, during the non-con when we lost these games, it's like, it used to be, it was like once, you know, every like four or five years, you would just drop an absolute clunker, like the Drexel game back in like 2010, yep. whereas like these games happen like once a while, yeah, we're pissed, we're reacting the moment, it's like, what the hell is going on here, but at the end of the day, it's a one-off, and that was, you know, a habit under Coach Payne, is that, you know, one loss turned in, you know, last year they started 0-9, and it's like... These games you shouldn't lose any time, and you've lost double-digit games of these buy games such that it, it's unfathomable to bring it back because we – I mean, yeah, sure, next year, yeah, it's going to be better. Is it? Like, you win these non-con games that you're supposed to win? 
I don't feel any confident in that at all. Like UMBC did nothing for me. He's like you won by one point. A team you should have blasted by twenty. Yeah, that you're you're a hundred percent right. Even if they had not lost those games, uh, that wouldn't have made them a good team. And that's what I think ultimately is going to be the final uh, conclusive analysis here that that they will make a change after this year, and they will. Uh, is that at no point did they play good basketball. They only managed to play better basketball compared to the bad basketball at the beginning. Now, I think this team is a lot more skilled than, say, the team, the Chris Max last team and the Mike Pegues team at the, that year, but the, that team played better team basketball than this one does. Yeah, and that team actually, you know, went through a lot of coaching dysfunction. Like, who's coaching the next game? We have no clue. And that's another one. They lost to Furman that year. And it's like, okay, it's a one-off. Like, it's weird. You got Pegues coaching that game. And you can kind of see, like, hey, when Matt gets back, this probably doesn't happen again. And it was more telling. We just didn't know at the time how dysfunctional that season went. But, yeah, this team it has talent. And that's why, like, I get the grasping that we discussed earlier. Do you bring him back because you like the guys? But at the same day, it's like, I like, yeah, I would like for this roster, a lot of these guys to come back next year. But I don't fault anyone for leaving. Like Mike James, love the guy when he plays. Don't fault him at all. He's got one more year left, maybe two. If he wanted to go somewhere else and just you know explore his options and you know develop somewhere else, because it's not working here. And I think we mentioned it. I can't remember if it was this show or another show I was working, where it's like he's had like four coaches in three years or whatever with mm-hmm. Pegues, a Mac, Kenny Payne, and then potentially whoever the next coaches at Louisville if he was to stay at Louisville. It's just so many coaches in a short period of time. It worth. I was just looking it up very quickly. Uh, the that Mac team where he was suspended, then came back, then quit. They went thirteen and nineteen. They finished their final Ken Palm ranking one twenty seven, and they were one fourteen in defensive efficiency, one seventy three in offense. This Louisville team is one fifty four on offense, two sixteen on defense, one sixty six overall. They're worse than that team that had the coach quit in the middle of the year and be suspended for the first six games. And that's the point I keep hop harping on time and time again. It's like, we are in a worse spot now than when you took over. Like, yes, it was not a desirable situation. And the, it was very limited because of the fundings or whatever. But you made it worse. And that's the part I will just never get over is it didn't have to be bad in year one. And, yeah, I, again, I'll give him props where it's due. Like, I've done shows where it's like, you know, I've been critical of him a lot. But, you know, you won a game that deserves praise, even if it is, you know, Florida State, who's you know mid. Georgia Tech, who's subpar this year. You still, like the Miami game was a great night. It was like you won a game on the road that we did not think was possible under your leadership, and that happened. But there's more of, you know, what we saw last night than there is what we saw when they went down to Miami last month. Last couple of minutes here. Uh, before uh, we wrap things up, uh, I don't know, Spencer, if you saw this, but uh, Woj kind of dropped uh, a, a somewhat of a, uh, I guess, what, like a, a counterfactual uh, Woj bomb. This is what they tried to do. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but the, apparently right, leading right up to the trade deadline, the Warriors basically begged the Lakers to trade them LeBron. I did read that a little bit. That is, I heard a little bit of rumblings like, Oh, LeBron could be traded. Like LeBron's not getting traded. He just goes to, uh, you know, Genie Bus and, and then it's just like, 
Get me out of here. Now. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. the only re- He's not getting traded. Like, I didn't buy that at all. But isn't that, like, for a while, it was LeBron versus the Warriors, right? Like, that was the, the rivalry there. And, of course, they had, you know, the, the NBA Finals run uh, between the two of them. Uh, the idea of him going there and it just – I don't think that would be very well received by people. Do you? It, it's a weird thing. Like, I mean, same thing. Like Kevin Durant, they had that you know Western Conference Finals series where they went head to head, and the Thunder actually led three one before the Warriors came back, and then the, you know the next round the Warriors yeah. inevitably blow a three one lead. The Durant leaves there. Chris Paul, when he was in Houston, they hated the Warriors because they would always be in the Conference Finals. And it's like Houston might be the second best team in the NBA those couple years. They just ran into a buzzsaw in the Warriors, and they were like, we can't get over the hump. And then Chris Paul joins them this year. Like it happens time and time again. Whereas like these guys hate each other, but then you know it's a business, and you know I guess time heals all wounds to a degree. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to sleep and play for the U. And if LeBron and Curry teamed up, I mean the Warriors team this year is not a very good team. I, I, can't, I think the last I checked, they were in like ninth in the Western Conference, maybe eleventh. They might have been out of the whole playing tournament. They're not very good. But if you had LeBron, no. then that changes everything. Obviously, I do. Uh- like the uh, the rumors or the sort of things being reported that um, the Lakers are looking to make a big free agent addition this offseason, have their eye on, I think it was three people, Kyrie uh, Irving or Trey Young or Donovan Mitchell. And, and I just think it's awesome that Donovan has played so well over his uh, his NBA career that in these situations where they're like, who can we get that can be an impact guy for LeBron? And one more time here at the end, and Donovan Mitchell's one of those guys. I love it. I'd hate that. I would, I would love it for Donovan's sake, but I hate, the, I hate the Lakers, so I do not want to see uh, Donovan in a Lakers jersey. I mean, I don't don't want the Cavs that much either because of the Cavs-Celtics rivalry. And I was like, okay, I can share for Donovan, and you know, LeBron's not there anymore. I can kind of get by with Cleveland. But, gosh, I would hate to see that. But, I mean, to your point, like Trey Young, Atlanta's been kind of – I don't know how much they've been shopping him the last couple of years. That seems to be – you know, heading more towards a conclusion sooner rather than later, though. It doesn't. It does feel like it's kind of gotten stale there. Like they've soured on one another. Yeah, it's like you've had the obviously the one year, a couple years back with a weird Eastern Conference Finals run, but that's about it. Because you had Ben Simmons quitting on Philadelphia, and then you run into the Bucks, and they actually led that series at one point, I think two games to one, and then just never got it going. But yeah, it's a weird uh, dynamic because I think Trey's a great player, but there's definitely times where. He can be selfish. And then uh, who said the other one was? It was Trey Donovan and uh, Kyrie Irving. Kyrie. Okay, that makes sense because LeBron, which yeah. is it's ironic given the whole I want out of Cleveland to get my own team. But even like last year when, uh, when he was with Brooklyn, they were starting to trade him. It was like maybe, you know, going to LA, you know, like a Westbrook deal because Westbrook was at the Lakers at the time. And even like Dallas, if it gets sour, trade him away to the Lakers. Like it makes too much sense given, I guess, him and LeBron have a. Uh, Close the runes that they had back when the departure happened. Yeah, they seem to have gotten past all of that. And it, I just, for me, I would never want to play with Kyrie Irving. Would you? I mean, I, you don't have to ask me twice on that after what I had experienced with this time in the Celtics. But Oh, I'm sure. Uh, like, I, I liked him in Boston, but then it just ended really weird. And it's like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, he's like, I'm going to be back. No, I'm not. And, I, I mean, I would love for the Kyrie to go to Lakers. So I think it would just be a disaster again because – like you have two of the best players in the league, and it's a disaster what's going on in LA. Like they got the one title, obviously, but every other year they're like hovering around the play in. Like last year they were a seven seed, and sure they made the Western Conference Finals run, but they were not. They were it's got the Heat run last year too, where it's like regular season doesn't matter, come postseason we'll kick ass. 
That, and then we've got Terry Rozier goes uh, to the Heat and they lose. Uh, and he's getting a, a real baptism into Heat culture where they hate losing, can't stand it. A six-game losing streak with, with Charlotte, uh, nobody loses an ounce of sleep. A uh, six-game losing streak with uh, the Heat, they have like a team meeting. He's like, where am I? He's yeah, in a he, very different place now. And he got injured on a Sunday against the Celtics. Yeah. And I haven't seen the latest on like how much he's out for. Uh, but yeah, like Miami, it's like that's a great trade for them. They need something to kind of rejuvenate that offense and the team. And it's gone downhill for Miami. Uh, that's why I love the NBA. It's just you teams you think are be good. It's like they they never are. And then like the Western Conference, like the top four teams are like two games apart right now, and the All Star games this weekend. It's going to be fun. Look, I'm just really happy that uh, that Donovan has played himself into being such a uh, such a desired guy. I just, man, I thought he was going to be a nice NBA player. I I really didn't think he was going to be a takeover, a franchise kind of guy. Yeah, especially because you know when he gets to Utah, it's right after Hayward left to go to the Celtics, mm-hmm. and it's like this could be your team right now. And yet, like I said, I thought he was going to be fa- like he was fun to watch at Louisville, obviously. And I thought you know he's this dunker, maybe he can explore expand his game. And now he's, you know, he had a 71-point game last year with the Cavaliers, and now he's one of the top players. He's an all-star year in and year out. And I just think he's inevitably going back to the New York at some point just because that's where he's from, his family's there. And I just think, you know, the Knicks wanted him when he was with Utah. That I just think it ends at some point. Donovan Mitchell will be a New York Knick. Uh, by the way, since we were talking about Utah very quickly before we, uh, we wrap things up here, I did see yesterday LeBron you know, missed the second game of a back-to-back the game was at Utah. It is statistically far and away the number one place where opposing teams miss games. Players is when they make a trip to Utah. That's that's, that's the one where the the load management happens yeah. in Utah. That in like Denver. Well, maybe it's just Joel Embiid with Denver because he doesn't want to play there for some reason. Elevation, I guess. All right, that is going to do it for us. You have been listening to the Drive on ninety three The Ville. See you.